Welcome back to the Trees and Nylon podcast. I am your host. You can call me Trees, and I'm joined today by the king of camo, the first snake man on the podcast, and the ghillie suit god himself. It's nothing new. At it's nothing new on Instagram. I won't say it's, I'm the king of camo too, though. Like that. I have to. You are. Why? <laughs> I'm not. So in my, I I learn from so many other people though. That's the thing. So I can't take that title. Okay. Well, I mean, king I, and camo I, rhyme. If you can find a word that rhymes with camo that's yeah. less congratulatory, then sure. Oh man, there's just so much more to know. That's the thing. I can't. I can't take that. I'm not even writing a book on camo. That's the thing. All my other right. camo man is. Welcome onto the podcast. Welcome, welcome to the studio, aka a Zoom call. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. Um, um, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good today. Um, it's a nice rainy day here in Georgia, so it's extremely humid and also oh. raining at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it's hot here, but that sounds horrible. I'm sorry. Yeah, humidity is the worst, but it is what it is. Well, anyway, uh, this isn't a podcast about the weather. Thank God. Uh, this is a podcast about other things. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk today about trees and also nylon. Um, before we get into it, I feel like you're a figure that some people might not know. It looks like most people would know, but some people might not know. How would you describe yourself and your Instagram presence? Because that's literally all that matters in the world is your Instagram presence. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> how do you explain it? I just think it's, I guess, explaining the progression of, you know, explaining how we got here. I wouldn't say fashion, but like actual clothing design, which ties into whole fashion realm. But, you know, what do we know? We're having a podcast and we're not in Paris. So we're not in Paris. I actually just got back. So no one can prove that. No one can prove that I wasn't there. (laughs) (laughs) No one knows Uh, what I look like. What do they say? Uh, no photos or it doesn't exist or something like that. Picture didn't oh, happen. That one? There you go. Yeah. There you go. So I, I just, you know, no photos. I just told everyone like no photos, please. Like I'm very famous. I, I don't want my identity to leak. And uh yeah, but I was definitely there. I was definitely at the Roa and um Reese Cooper show with everyone else on Instagram. So Reese Cooper, huh? Oh yeah. Oh yeah? Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just think it's, it's not even elevated car heart. Because at least people use culture vulture. Yeah. At least people use car heart. Yeah. You know? It's literally stolen valor is what yeah. is my opinion of it. It really is. I mean, and you know, I run a count on stolen valor. So mm-hmm. yeah, he, yeah. he definitely <laughs> he would know best. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I guess a good segue into account is just that, just how design has evolved. Um, the industry in itself, the fashion industry complex, mm. uh, hunting for vintage, mm-hmm. um, menswear specifically, streetwear more so, where you know people have a. I think a lot of it comes into or like hinges on the appreciation of like 
these items and its historical meaning. And then you figure out a way of like, oh, it's like I can't use this without looking militants or actually stealing valor. So what's the best way to contemporize it? And going from there, you know, it's a canvas. Try to find your materials that you're going to use. Literal, like the fabric, hardware. Some of these um, designers actually just copy the pattern, dismantle mm-hmm. the piece, get the pattern, and then uh, reverse engineer it from there. And, you know, reverse engineering has been such a big thing in warfare since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. Like the reason why Toyota's or Toyota even has the Land Cruiser series is because they found a Jeep in the Philippines. Really? Yeah. And that's how it became a thing. I didn't know that. Yeah. And then another good account that I follow, Toyota's War, basically explaining just the cult following and the reliability and, you know, just indestructible how these models are in Africa, the Middle East, and mm-hmm. then like how they're mounted with like machine guns, fucking, you know, all those anti-missile type of like contraptions jerry-rigged on the back of a pickup truck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty cool evolution. Then you see that with like, you know, the four by four bros on trails circle jerking each other because of their like third generation Tacoma on method wheels mm-hmm. and their overlanding rigs and their giant like you know their hella bright ass lights in front with their GoPros mounted. So you know there's there's some relation to it all. Not just clothing, obviously. Yeah, yeah. It's more <laughs> than clothing. Wow. That was that was a good answer. And I learned something new in that first answer. This is going to be a good podcast. Um, it's nothing new. It's not, hey, but it's nothing <laughs> new. <laughs> um, so the the formal format of this podcast is there's a trees and a nylon section. Trees being nature, the outdoors. Maybe you can talk more about war. Who knows? And then um, nylon is clothing, all things around clothing, fashion, whatever you want to talk about. Okay. The first question I have, the only question, well, that's not true. The first question is, would you like to talk about trees or nylon first? Start with the fake stuff. Start with nylon. Nylon. There you go. Awesome. So yeah, talk to me a little bit about your past with getting dressed, throwing on a fit, anything like that, creating a fit. I think a lot of people don't want to say that they were cringe. But holy shit, I was cringe. Um, was it Vapor Supreme or Palace? It was Huff. Which one? It was what? It was Huff. I'm oh. from I'm from San Francisco, so like the yeah. pipeline. I mean that tracks. <laughs> that tracks. It was Huff. The hundreds, you know that. Um, if you're from SF, you'd recommend you would remember True, which was on Hate Street. I remember wearing like fitteds from back in the day. <laughs> nice. Hell yeah. It all started with um, jeans. That was the pipeline. Raw denim. The, the beginning of like evolving from normcore. 
Rod Denham's where it all Rod Denham's where it all started. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's hard to say if it were Rod Denham's or Jordan's. Mm. Um, a lot of people in the Bay, very ethic ethically diverse. So, you know, mm. this was '90s, early 2000s when media was focused on like sports, obviously basketball at the time, Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. and you know, lines for camping out for these shoes were not as ridiculous as they are. I don't say I don't even say now because yeah, are, there, are they ridiculous now still? I don't they know. Are, they are ridiculous, but like the lines to accessing these shoes are completely different because you know during that time you would just grab a ticket from the security guard you would get a number mm. and you would line up depending if it was first come first serve or if it was like you know random yeah, yeah yeah um then obviously all the crime around that people getting shot because of like the status of these shoes um i wouldn't say i'm sure violent things had happened during those releases but i was never there for those because i was stuck in school and like you know if i fucking ended up ditching school i would just have it for my parents and i did not want that mm-hmm. but yeah I, I would say raw denim or sneakers that's where it all started but the gore-tex thing was um it started kind of early I would say. Um, I didn't hear anything about ACG at the time. But I remember during high school getting to track bikes, fixed gears, if you will. Mm. Um, you know, a crazy extreme sport that originated from San Francisco, actually. Mm. Um if you're familiar with the San Francisco biker association, um, messenger association, I believe they have a website talking about the whole history about it. Um, after world war two and the construction of like, or I guess after the earthquake in San Francisco as well. I don't remember the time. That's when bikes, bike messengers were like used the most. And then it slowly just became a thing. And that's how like, the messenger originated in the city. Mm-hmm. But yeah, me and my friends were into that and we were just like, fuck, how do we look cool and still bike in the rain? And somehow that led to technical clothing. Um, Outlier. That was based out here in San Francisco. Obviously, North Face, Patagonia, but it didn't really work with the aesthetic that we were trying to go for. But even then, like a lot of these bikers didn't really care. They would just like bike in their chopped off, like skinny jeans, <laughs> you know, cheap Mondays. Yeah. Bands. If you really remember back in the day, like Levi's commuter stuff, right? Because mm-hmm. the Levi's um, headquarters was in San Francisco. There was this big Vans collaboration of like, this weird ripstop material with like reflective piping. And then the jeans were water resistant. Some weird coating like DWR. Then like when you cuff your jeans, 
the selvage would be reflective trim. So, you know, sm small shit like that. And unbeknownst to me and my friends, like that was the beginning of like what people look back to now. Mm -hmm. How often did you need that rain gear kind of stuff? Because my perception of California is that it doesn't rain enough to need a full Arc'teryx jacket. Oh know? God, this is what I hate about people who <laughs> assume anything about California is because everything is centralized to LA. Yeah, where yeah. it actually never rains. Mm -hmm. That's a lie. It does rain in LA, but hardly, right? Um, San Francisco, on the other hand, is almost like a coast, any other coastal city next mm. to a body of water. Mm -hmm. um, I, would, I don't know anything about it, like, or I don't know how to explain it, you know, in the scientific atmos atmospheric sense. <laughs> but we definitely have a lot of, like, fog rolling in. So there's always a lot of, like, precipitation in the air, moisture. So even if it's not raining and depending on where you are, San Francisco has so many microclimates because of its hills that, mm -hmm. you know, the elevation you're climbing, or I would say the elevation that you're in, if you're climbing or descending when you're mm -hmm. a biker, like varies so much without the city, like throughout the city. So, you know, it can rain in one area and it can be sunny in a total different like part of the city, even though it's such a small place. Yeah. I'm looking at uh, pictures right now because when you said fog, I went to San Francisco when I was younger and I remembered it being foggy there. So I looked it up. Apparently the fog is named Carl. Yes. I didn't know that. That's cute. <laughs> that was the beginning. Let's move on to a little bit of the present. Mm -hmm. um, you've talked a little bit about your inspirations from growing up and also inspirations that you've seen about like studying what is it that you do also i feel like that would be nice to tell people it's just to kind of get a better vibe of you know how you dress day to day um what do i do it's honestly <laughs> really random because i do nothing nice it's like a lot at the same time it's weird cool um but i would say during my time in New York, I worked at this um, boutique and, you know, commuting from Brooklyn into the city was annoying. I think this stemmed from my like, college too, where there were certain things that I needed to wear as a biker. And I commuted all around like campus that I needed it to be durable. Mm -hmm. um, I won't say form fitting, but fitting to like how I had wanted at the time, which I do regret because I wish shit wasn't as skinny, mm -hmm. but it, it helped obviously, because, you know, if you have big pants, that shit would rip through your whole drive train and like, you wouldn't have pants, you would have shorts. And I think everything was based on the weather and moving to mm -hmm. New York, I kind of kept that same mentality and it was also very draining to think about like what to wear every mm. day like i definitely you know commend 
everybody in New York who can just think in the morning about what they would want to wear and how they would like to express themselves. For me, I was just too lazy for that. I, I needed my sleep. I would usually run late, very much like a bad habit of mine. So for me, it was just like, let me grab what is comfortable for me and what I had worn yesterday that like is complementary to my body. And it slowly just became this habit of just like, and I really don't care anymore. And I remember there was this one day I was like, let me do this thing where I see if anyone notices that I'm wearing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was just a few backhanded like comments from my coworkers. But other than that, you know, if it's people that you're seeing every day, they're the only ones who are going to notice. And even then they don't even care. So like, to me, I started like not caring even more and started wearing like different outfits, but obviously I, I would experiment depending on the weather. So as the seasons have changed, I had like a uniform mm-hmm. depending on the season. So, or if I was riding my bike or if I was commuting through train. What are some oh, yeah. brands? What are some brands you wear like nowadays, or what are some styles you're into nowadays? That kind of thing. Ooh, I would say, you know, everybody. It seems like, uh, at least if you're a male and on the internet, you have an acronym phase. Not me. No, not you. Not me. Oh. I'm not um, on the internet enough, I guess. I guess. <laughs> yeah, maybe you're just non-binary then. I'm just different. I'm just built different, you know? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just got to make sure I don't fit in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, obviously, that's all, that's all we want. Mm-hmm. We all don't want to fit in. Exactly. Um, what else? I think that had evolved from the normal type of, like, technical gear. I don't even say it's normal, though too right because all that stuff is engineered in such a way but there was something about the fit that wasn't right for me Mm -hmm. um felt like it never complimented me in a way even though i knew i could have worn it so it evolved from like the north face hyvents to a i forget the outlier model then we went to like the acronym j1a remember to fall leather pet uh fall leather like sleep actually that mm-hmm. was my first acronym brackets an expensive purchase and this was my freshman year of college actually and that stuck until like 2018 and i was in new york 2017 and then from there i was just like this is becoming too much of a trend i need to differentiate myself <laughs> yeah i mean you guys you gotta make sure you don't fit in um then where i had worked you know i was introduced to a lot of like avant-garde brands that focused on i guess the creativity of design and their choice of fabrics either it be um ones that they had partnered with mills or if the brand itself you know um had the infrastructure to make their own fabric 
a good example of this would be like Rick Owens. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, at least at face value, um, uh, I guess it depends. A lot of people fetishize like, you know, fabric composition and just like certain things about like clothing. But I guess it is justified because there's a lot of like, fabrications out there that are incredible and just very exclusive to the brand. And I think Rick Owens is one of those like brands. So, you know, it's completely amazing to see like everybody who's like really into it being that into it, even though it's not for me, but I, I totally understand like why people know that over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think you answered my question. Oh yeah. Sorry. <laughs> How do you just how do you just these days? Okay. How do you just these days? We're back all, all of that. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. I'll cut all like, of it. Don't worry. I'm like, just talk for like five minutes. I'm gonna cut all of it. Oh god, yeah. Yeah, no, please, you should. Um, it's gonna be a three-minute podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, no. I guess that's like you know, they explain the evolution of my style. Now, I guess I'm into an organic phase. So a lot of cottons. I live in California, like again, LA specifically. So for me, there has to be a comfortable way to like not get sunburnt and like stay cool at the same time. Mm-hmm. So like again, here I am. And to look cool, circle. which is the most important part. Yeah, yeah. Full circle. Raw denim. And raw denim. Cotton, yeah, cotton twill like shirts and just like. I guess errorism shirts. Mm-hmm. Shout out Uniqlo. Yeah, shout out Uniqlo. And unfortunately, I hate to say it, some dead bird things. You hate to say it. Why do you hate to say it? Awesome. I don't know. Just you like it's had its moment. I think it always had its moment. Will it still have its moment? Is another question. Interesting. Yeah. Um, no, art. There is a lot of items from our tariffs that I think go, like you know, below the radar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like not sponsored or anything, and I <laughs> hate to say it. Um, I wear the Arcteryx conceals like every day. Yeah, like. When I have something that I like, it just sticks. It's my uniform. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they are good nice. for me. Would I, you know, if, if you tried them on, you probably hate them. But do you want other people to wear them? No, they're mine and no one else should be wearing <laughs> them because if people start wearing them, I have to find another shoe. No, it's funny. You, my, my friend um, actually wears them quite a lot too. And we're just like, Damn, you didn't wear them today? You could have been twinning. (laughs) Just stuff like that. Um, What else? I guess a lot of camo because I've been learning more and more specifically about uh, Vietnam era stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Tiger stripes are a very crazy hole to go down. And then recognizing the different types of tiger stripes, depending on, you know, down to the year. And it's regional, 
relation to what do you call Asia Pacific, Southeast Asia. Like, yeah, there, there's just so many different variations of it that make it a, you know, an amazing thing to learn about. Nice. I've done a small amount of research strictly about real tree camo, not about anything insane. But yeah, nothing insane, nothing insane. But it is very interesting that there's so much involved in the process of creating a camo. Which is a good and bad thing, you know? I would say a lot of camo pieces don't fit well. Um, yeah, the, fit yeah. like pattern. The pattern doesn't look good, or fit like they don't. Um, like the actual design, silhouette. The silhouette of the actual like item. Mm. Yeah. Um, when it comes to tiger stripe stuff specifically, especially during that era, you have to consider the average body size at that time, and mm. you know the geological factors, the political factors, the socioeconomic factors. Um, you know, a lot of people were poor in Vietnam. You know, poverty was such a thing during that time of um, history that the sizes for most of these tiger stripe, all of them were like for an Asian small would be like for a 10 to like, 13 year old kid and an asian large would probably be for like what american sizing would be like maybe even a 16 to an 18 year old build but you have to Mm -hmm. consider the fact that they're fairly skinny and when you look at the measurements um maybe the biggest shoulder size would be like 20 inches which would be like but comfortably fitting like an, a person who is a extra small in American sizing today. Yeah. Yeah. But um, that's the thing. That's why U.S. sizes are often like, you know, more expensive and more sought after because it can actually wear them. Yeah. That, you know, small little tidbit about that's yeah, stuff, little nuggets of information every time you answer a question. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, I, I wish I could tell you more about like, you know, everything about that era. But I'm just <laughs> we'll get I'm you on. Like, we'll get you on again. <laughs> we'll have a we'll have a bonus episode, and it just could be you talking about the history of camo. Oh God, I am Vietnam. not not fit for that. Trust me. <laughs> no, I'll just ask you questions. You can just go on for as long as you want. It'd be great. Okay, okay, yeah, It'd yeah, be I'm a four parter. Yeah, yeah. I need a second, but, but okay. I mean, that's what I've been wearing recently. Camo, jeans, yep. white tee. Camo, jeans. Arcteryx, nice. Ponceals, like some Brisbane boots. Arcteryx? What the heck is Arcteryx, dude? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, dead bird. Dead bird, dead bird. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, nice. Let's let's jump into what are you wearing nowadays? Or what are you going to wear in the future <laughs> is what I meant to say. Let's jump into what are you going to wear in the future? <laughs> Uh, what is some style some brand you see that's coming up that you're interested in anything like that the future of like this i I don't even want to say the word but court scene um (laughs) yeah keep it out of i I honestly (laughs) 
Uh, yeah. Um, what, what do you, what do you feel about all that? It's okay. As I feel like, you know, you just hope people end up changing their attitude in terms of nature and just mm-hmm. like the activities that they can participate in. Yeah. Um, we'll see how that evolves since, you know, everything is returning. I would like for more people to, you know, have access to it, but we can't mm-hmm. rely on the brands to do it. So, yeah. so you know, you know, the as far as style. as far as as far as style and fashion goes, you think what you want you want brands to be more like push an initiative actually going outside, or you hope that fashion yeah. will evolve more around people actually going outside. I don't know. I think it's just a trend, and they're just trying to market towards people who like like that right now. Because again, from how I grew up. There weren't many things that people wanted to wear when they did go outside or they didn't want to just be as normal as everybody else. Because, you know, like in your previous podcast, like Mm. people don't want to look like a European tourist family. No, definitely not. You know, like they want to wear Gucci North Face. (laughs) Do they? (laughs) Do do people want to wear Gucci North Face? I don't have no idea. But if you do wear that outside, you're kind of corny. Not even kind of, you are corny. You're begging to get robbed if you wear Gucci North Face, bro. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think people want to align with themselves with like the environment they're in rather than actually being one with the environment. You know? That's how I feel like that's maybe more of an American cultural thing. But maybe. I don't know. You think so? Um, (laughs) Somewhat, yes. I think a lot of our perspectives revolve around like how nature is more of a nuisance rather than like living in harmony with it. Mm. Yeah. Like, um, what would be a good example of that? Like, maybe um, living in harmony with nature. No, 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 just like job occupations, you know, like, um, podcaster, maybe, no, no, <laughs> being an arborist almost. Okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. We've built phone lines and the trees are growing, mm-hmm. uh, around those phone lines and pose a threat of like fires. So we just cut the trees in a way where they don't ever grow back from what my understanding is or like scarring the trees in a way where like they grow in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend actually is an arborist and he was explaining everything to me. And As is mine. Yeah. Shout out Gary Flynn and Robson Explorer. Instagram.com slash Robson.Explore and Gary Flume. They're awesome guys. They're both friends of the pod. Nice. Very cool. Very, really enjoy. Actually, Robson used to be his name's Nathan. He used to be a accountant and oh, he and wanted to kill himself. So he oh. became an arborist. Yeah. I mean, it's a grueling job for sure. Like, but you know, it's completely different in terms of like, say how, um, I don't even know what they're called in Japan, but they're 
you know, they're, they're Arborist version of those mm-hmm. workers. It's completely different. And I think that's like a, you know, different cultural mentality that we see from various like um, cultures. And uh, yeah, I, I see that like right now in terms of the time of pork poor. Like people want to go outside, but do they have access to go outside? Or do or are they just like wearing it to, you know, feel like they belong? Okay. You um, I asked you what the future of like my style, right? The future of like dressing, fashion style, yours. Well, yeah, we'll just say yours. We'll just say yours right now. We'll make it easy for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah because I don't think I can speak beyond you can't speak for the right, yeah, society as a whole. <laughs> Sorry. Uh-huh. Um, for me, even though I do a little trend for testing them, but yeah. Um, for me, I think it's a, I guess, a different type of camo. Mm-hmm. Um, more hot weather gear for sure. Okay. Um, and most likely stuff that me and my friends will end up making is what. I see myself, Sweet. you know, in the future, I like, like hopefully in the next few months. Yeah. Sneak um, peek. Yeah. I think I'll leave it at that because there shouldn't be, you know, I shouldn't be giving any ideas on the pod unless I'm getting paid. By there you go. There you go. You know. <laughs> but yeah, for me, that's how I see my style changing. Um, nice. I'll always keep, you know, the insulated and shell stuff, but mm-hmm. I want to be outside more, not feeling like I'm fucking sweating all the time. How do you, yeah. how do you, you know, feel comfortable doing that? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, another problem to solve. Actually, I'm curious. What do you think? How do you, how do you think your style is going to change? Or will um, you see yourself wearing? The next. Yeah, yeah we're, I'm extremely self-aware. Um, <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I, I think I think where my style is going to go. I've said this before, also, um, but I, I don't know where I said it. It could have been on the Patreon, but anyway, uh, Patreon.com/slash Trees and Nylon. Always be plugging. But um, I think I've said previously that I'm going to go like take a little bit from this whole outdoor fashion thing that I was a part of. And just apply it to a style that I like. And I do really like the mm, stolen valor-esque type fits of like, you know, carpenter pants. Like my go-to fit right now, obviously it's too hot right now, but like my one of my favorites is like some carpenter pants, some pair of uh super lug loafers, and then just like a sweater, like a sweatshirt. I think that's mm-hmm. like a decent fit. It's kind of like Millsurp-esque. I mean like. Classic. Yeah, just like classic tactical kind of fit. Um, that's like my favorite. I love how you say that because it's funny. I literally um shout out to my friend Owen, Camel Man on Instagram. Uh K A M M. Oh. Oh. You know, funny camel and ammo. Um <laughs> he actually showed me a photo of this. I feel like I've been a knee soldier in the 60s, mm-hmm. actually wearing tiger striped pants oh. and actual big E 501s 
and black converses. Yeah, so crazy. When you know, again, nothing new, classic mm-hmm. fit. And I feel like that's gonna be me, but with dead bird con seals. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> we've, we've only evolved a little, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's nothing new. Yeah. But as much as I hate carpenter pants, mm-hmm. they are literally you, you can't beat them. No. They're super like, functional and yeah, they're comfortable. You, and right now they're in style. Head to head with any other like workwear pant, American mm-hmm. workwear pant. Yeah, yeah. Like there's no other pant that can go hand in hand in a fist fight. Like but we'll see. All right, but, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> the iterations of um double knee pants are getting kind of you know maybe we've gone too far having the double knee maybe we've pants. gone too far with double knee pants yeah now the knees the double knees are removable oh really yeah i haven't seen that i'm gonna make a triple knee i'm not, I'm not gonna <laughs> a triple knee um going all the way who makes a good double knee pet? Who? REI. REI makes a good double knee. I- I'm thinking about like um a different iteration. Like you know, something that is reminiscent of a traditional uh double knee. Probably Carhartt man. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. Um Capital actually makes a really oh, good oh, you're talking like big money brands who makes a good double knee pant. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Capital, I I believe it. Yeah, I think I think a bunch of my friends actually own them. They kind of look like um like older echo like type of pants because they have like the quilted stitching on the double knee and they have like mm-hmm. a pocket up that is on the double knee itself. Pretty cool. Nice. I oh, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at that. I think yeah. um if you know Andrew Richards. Actually, formerly oh. formerly had like a meme page called anarcho capitalism oh big, big capital guy big visvim guy that whole like old like japanese americana brands like just basically where's that i think he has some of these i might yeah. be lying to you right now but um it's all like his vibe i mean they're good yeah they look good <laughs> Not bad too. Two eighty seven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How much are Carhartt double knees? Not two eighty seven. Yeah. <laughs> Not that much. Probably yeah, like they're, they're more affordable my, for the working class folks. My guess is like fifty. Yeah. There you go. I love them. Are they the you're looking at the duck pants right now? Yeah, twelve ounce ones. Yeah, fifty dollars duck canvas. Nice. Oh, there you go. Um. Well, moving on from that. Yes. No more double knees. No more double knees. Forget They're about them. Off. They're done. It's over. Stop wearing them. Burn them. Get rid of them. Donate them to someone who actually needs them because you're not. You're just wearing them to go buy coffee. All right. Wow. It at the end of the description it says compatible with the Carhartt knee pad. We should start giving 
all these people who have double knee pants, these knee pads. Make them wear those. You should make those in style. No. Um, one person I'm very interested, like excited about actually, um, as you may know, is um, TMS yeah. site. <laughs> yeah were you whispering that i was whispering tms yeah (laughs) she is amazing and she reached her goal oh yeah yeah for a kickstarter yes it looks sick though Uh, every piece i saw in that first collection looked awesome like i would personally wear that except maybe not the giant not giant but maybe not the like volt yellow shirt but besides that everything else looked really good i'm just not a super bright really? colors kind of guy you say that now then you're gonna start wearing i say it, it now like- i say it now but 20 2011 2012 back when i was in middle school and like everyone was just wearing neon colors all the time um who knows it's it's could be coming back right now it's all cyclical you know just write it off. Who knows? We may find some use for it. Yeah, yeah and I'm, I bet it has actual use as like workwear. But as far as fashion use goes, it's it's not speaking to me right now. Yeah. No, May's work is amazing, and I'm excited mm-hmm. about that whole evolution of like um workwear. I don't think we'll see that as much in America yet because mm-hmm. you know contracting companies and the people who actually work for these companies don't have that um, same relationship to their gear because they just find it very disposable. As far as like actually caring about the outdoors, um, most people do care, but it's like the loudest people who don't care. You know, like I just went camping uh, last weekend and when I was there, a bunch of people just... I mean, obviously at campgrounds, you're not going to see as many, but you know, you see the Boy Scouts walking out and they're like troop leaders wearing the same REI jacket he's had for 45 years. And he just like reapplies the DWR and all that. Um, Actually, my, mom, my mom, my mom has an, a, I don't even know the brand. It's some brand that's not around anymore, but she's had this rain jacket forever and it still works. And she's like, I don't need another rain jacket. I have one that works. And I feel like that's something that I've kind of carried on of every piece I buy, I think about a lot, which is very, it's not how people think these days about fashion. Like fashion these days is fast fashion, you know, like it is what's trending right now. Shein and Zara will make an H&M will make like 3000 copies of it in different colors. And then you buy those. And that's what fashion is now. You know, it's not, here's one piece that I really like. I'm going to buy that incorporated into my closet and like make a ton of different fits and then move on to the next, you know, I only have like two rain jackets. That's all I need. And that's a whole, that's a different sector too. I'm, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on my monologue right now, but you don't need more than two rain jackets. You need like a heavy one. And and I got that and I'm good now. And as far as like fashion goes, I don't even wear for fashion. Well, sometimes I do. That's a lot, but like, you don't really need to, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Not necessary. But I feel like, there's levels to fast fashion still because mm-hmm. oh yeah, yeah yeah definitely you know like, close at the top because they're yeah, yeah, yeah. the best because they're the best right yeah but um no not even that i just think people fail to realize that all of these designer brands are very much fast fashion as well like mm-hmm. yeah you know, 
Balenciaga. Well, any brand that happens to have this cyclical system of just making clothes every season, obviously, you know, two parts during the year is pretty much very wasteful too. Like, again, people talk about sustainability, but why is Reese Cooper making more clothes every year? <laughs> yeah. Why is Arcteryx making more clothes every year? Yeah. And I then, want to put it out there. I just want to say, I mean, it is, it's like, it's a paradox where you're a company that has to make money, but at the same time, you like literally cannot be a company and talk about sustainability if you're making product that's not completely recycled. I can't even say I'm sustainable as mm-hmm. well because even though we're with the brands that I work with, mm-hmm. we're using dead stock fabric, we're still making items. But why is it always on the individual to decide if that product will have longevity in their life or not? You know. But again, yeah. here we are. Here we are on a podcast clothes. talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we all hope to stop global warming and stuff, mm-hmm. but that's beyond us because I think it comes down to like people. It's not, it's not us though. Like that's yeah, the thing is that. Right. The companies, you know, the, like whatever, 100 corporations that produce 70% of the emissions are like, you got to start using plastic straws or you got to stop using plastic straws. <laughs> and then it's like, also, we're going to dump like a billion tons of crude oil into the ocean every year. Yeah, um, imagine that's the that's the solution. We actually still we actually, use plastic. <laughs> we have to use plastic straws. That's the only way to that's the only way to stop global warming is to start using plastic straws again. Oh my God. Single use plastics are the only way to save the oceans. No, that, that's funny because I, I view synthetic and vegan leather the same way. Like it all goes back to like, oh, we should have just kept using natural leathers because they actually can decompose. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's what you, that's, if that's, that, that, if that's the point, if you just want to use it once, maybe it should actually be disposable. I mean, am I, do I sound crazy right now? I don't know. It, this is the singularity, right? We just, it just becomes a paradox and we don't even know anymore. The, mm-hmm. All the levels. No, it's, it's just, it's just late anything. stage capitalism, bro. It's not, a, it's not the singularity. It's just companies trying to gaslight you into thinking you're the problem. Yeah, for sure. And then they just market towards you. Yeah. Or yeah yeah very very interesting time we live in you know circular by design yeah circular by design exactly yeah. uh-huh okay. well i was gonna say if we're gonna talk about that um <laughs> <laughs> uh patagonia i've done a few reports in college about patagonia and how good they are um because they do a lot of good and of compared to every other you know, outdoor company, they do the most, like it's not even close by the amount that they give. Like there could be a small company that like, you know, only makes recycled goods and sells it. But like at the scale that Patagonia makes money, they also give the most money, you know, like you don't see North face, you don't see Arcteryx, like doing as much for the environment as environment. And there's just like social causes in general as Patagonia. Um, Um, I think one thing to point out of that is, is, is Patagonia still just Patagonia, right? Because North Face is owned by BF Corp. 
Arteryx now is partly owned by another parent company. Amherst Sports, yeah. Amherst Sports, so yeah. Which also is Solomon, right? So it's yeah. perfect sense why people are... <laughs> why they're both popping off, yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, when you're owned by another company like that, it just gets very muddled in terms of the impact that they can do as a, you know, a brand underneath an umbrella. Mm. So it's like kind of odd to expect anything from them when you know these companies are like not really like the actual like yeah metro well, head of the that's that's the other thing is that Patagonia describes themselves as a like charity first and then a brand second. Like they don't have to market their clothes. They don't have to sell anything. Their stuff will sell itself. So like if you go on their website, on the Patagonia website, Mm -hmm. the first thing you see of the second thing isn't going to be the shop. It's going to be all the articles they've done about like, oh, these causes are happening. We've donated this. Or like, you should be donating this and stuff like that. It's going to, the first page you're going to see is not going to be their clothing items. And like, go to right now. Because I remember when I was doing the research, I was like, oh, look at all this. You have to actually go click on the shop option. You you don't you don't get bombarded with clothing the second that you come in. The first thing you get is an article. Right now it says, "Are you arrestable? Uh, nonviolent climate activist. Everything you need to know." Um, which is sick. I love that. That's very cool. Um, but yeah, and then the more you scroll, then you'll see clothes, and then you'll see more uh, stories that are being told. Um, so they are just like an activist group first. And a brand second, which I think is very cool, despite the fact that they are such a huge brand. Yeah, it's a very interesting. They, it's a Actually, very interesting place that no other brand really holds yeah. in space. I did not space. know that about Patagonia's website because every yeah. time you Google it, the sponsored link goes directly to the shop. Oh, really? But if you go type in Patagonia.com, that's the thing that you see. Oh yeah, the ad at the top. Yeah. The ad is for the the clothing. It's a little yeah. tricky. It's a little shady, yeah, but I mean, is what it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why was I googling Patagonia when I know the website? You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just Patagonia.com. That's all you um, need to do. Yeah, I I enjoy Patagonia stuff. I'm just wondering when they'll actually, you know, end up. Would we see a Patagonia collaboration ever? Ever. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I'm surprised we haven't either. Like, especially with a brand like Parlay or something, where it's like another sustainable brand or even like a, a cause. There was an article like that a while ago that I remember posting on the story where Patagonia doesn't see themselves as a fashion brand. Yeah, so that was like in '94. And mm-hmm. funny to say that, in terms of like any type of like ad for Patagonia, the only one that I've seen is the baby being thrown. I've never yeah. seen any other ad. Yeah, those, but those <laughs> see that's different too because that's like that's a catalog, that's a Patagonia catalog ad, oh. and that's not even like a real like ad they posted online. It was like, this is for if you want to buy the clothes. Here's like some cool shots of like people skiing and like the baby being thrown oh, and like the T Rex, like all that kind of stuff. I did not know. Very. What's this? Don't buy this jacket. Oh, yeah. Don't buy this jacket. That's a good jacket ad. I love that one for Patagonia. 
I'm very familiar with all this stuff. Two projects, <laughs> two projects in Patagonia will show you every ad there is to see. There were the pair of shorts that said, vote the assholes out, all that stuff. And wasn't there another one like, where um, it read negative one way and they said, read this backwards and it was positive the other way? Mm. I remember seeing that sticker on. Yeah, yeah. Unknown Spaces, actually. Unknown Spaces? Instagram.com slash unknown spaces on Instagram. Shout out to our boy. Shout out to our boy. Oh, man. Yeah, there's just so much information. I Going down this, these photos. Go down the Patagonia rabbit hole. Yeah. It's very interesting. It makes you care. Like when people, because it's really easy to shit on outdoor brands you know it's super super easy because it's like oh you're an outdoor brand you care about the environment and you just go look at their score on like good on you.eco and it's like a two and you're like oh okay sweet so you don't (laughs) you know um but with patagonia they have like a five and you're like oh wow this is like a brand you can actually get behind it's yeah and honestly i think out of all the military systems out there Mm -hmm. um Patagonia's Lost Arrow Project, Mars, yeah, yeah, probably, you know, still very sought after. Definitely. Yeah. Actually, maybe even more than Leaf items, I would say. Really? I think the reason why we see Leaf a lot more is because it's being produced so. Hmm. Yeah. Um, is it less expensive as well? I wouldn't say it's less expensive, but you know, people love period correct stuff. So when Mars yeah. ended up being released, um, either people who special forces or any other people who were able to get their hands on it ended up just keeping it. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's a weird network that they have, so they sell to each other rather than putting it up online. But you can yeah. find more stuff on, you know, some eBay's listings or in Japan. But you definitely see a lot more like leaf in comparison to like more stuff. So. Well, um, with all that being said, I feel like we've talked a lot about the future and all that. This is going to be part one. Sometime in the future, we will do a part two um who knows when that will be but we didn't even get to talk about trees today uh and unfortunately i do have to leave um so we again for all the people don't worry it's not gonna be patreon either i'm not gonna i'm not gonna hide half of the actual form of the podcast behind a paywall not a scumbag but um it's nothing new thank you for for the first your first steps into the podcast today i just hope i didn't you go by what I just hope I didn't talk too much. Maybe no, I did. no, I mean, it's it's literally, it's a podcast about you talking. So I think you did perfect. Uh, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> of course, man. Well, again, I'll see you. I'll see you later. And, and thanks for coming on. And everyone else, be on the lookout for whenever. You know, I'll, ask, I'll get questions up too for the next one. I'll, I'll get people to ask you questions. Oh, yeah. Do that. I think that'll be. Yeah, that'll be a good, that'll be a good episode. There you go. All right, cool. I'll talk to you later, man. Thank you. Yeah, I need a piece of this about this wall.